0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geekscant, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and the host uh, joining me this evening, i got two creator guests with me. Um, Paul Beecham, how you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you, Zach.
0: Awesome. And then I've also got uh, the illustrious Mark Reinhagen with us. Hey, how's it great. going? Great, it's going great. Thanks uh, thanks to both of you for hopping on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. 100%. Uh Paul to be here. Yeah, Paul, you reached out to me. Um I done a video on YouTube. I do different like how to plays and things. And you yeah. reached out to me after one of them and you said, "Hey, I don't know if you'd be interested, uh but uh Mark's got this new game he's working on. It's called Thing Night. And uh would you be interested in kind of doing a discussion or promoting that in some way?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." So, uh Paul, you were kind of the you're the glue that welded us all together here. Um thank you for that.
1: I'm I'm excited that it worked out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, um I chatted with Mark a while back. Mark, you and I, uh, I I helped just briefly, just in a tiny, tiny, insignificant way, uh, with your initial Lost Lauren project, which I've got sitting on my shelf right here in camera. Um, Bloodstone, yeah, that's right, Bloodstone, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and the product turned out gorgeous. I love those books. Um, and they get displayed prominently in <laughs> on my shelf in the background. Um so Gotta love beautiful books, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And those are just they're cool size, cool funky format and good content. And I remembered you talking about Thing night back then, um and your vision for it. And you talked some about then about um the Tailspinner uh Tail Spinner twenty or the T twenty um system that you were uh putting together so there is there was a lot of things that were on the horizon uh last time we talked so i guess let's just dive into it um tell me what's been going on i guess mark you can start off tell me what's been going on since um since bloodstone
2: yeah i mean uh we uh basically uh the whole idea is to do a collaborative fantasy world that is um beyond what one person can do like i'm in awe of world creators uh really good ones and you know and i would never compare myself to tolkien but in, in modern terms you know i'm not you know well i guess i'm I'm something of a linguist people uh-huh. could say knowing my work i'm pretty good at words but and i and i love linguistics but i'm not a, a trained linguist like tolkien was um but 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 I think there's only so much one person can do in creating a world, right? And so my idea was is that I take all of my talent and 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 creativity and imagination. I do the best I can, and then I gather a team of people together, and then together we take the next big step, and then we get play testers, and then we get to the next step, and then we build this incredibly beautiful, elaborate complex and detailed world and the goal is to someday have the most detailed world ever created by human beings Mm. in terms of a fantasy world and that's that's self-coherent that makes sense that it's realistic it's not just a bunch of random things put together right it's it's, Mm. it's 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 designed from the beginning to be this bespoke but but beautifully balanced world and i think we're on our way to doing that and so anyway obviously i'm known for vampires so from the very beginning uh vanda is part of it and in fact when i first came up with the idea for vampire i kind of thought about should i make it fantasy or should i make it modern world so all those ideas that when i decided to make vampire modern world right then those ideas are now inside of of fang knight and and it's based on my original 12 year old fantasy world that i started designing after my very first game session because i remember asking my first dungeon master well can i be a dungeon master He goes of course and what do i gotta do he goes well you gotta invent a setting and i go can i do that now and he goes of course i go but i don't have players and he goes well you have your dad and so I started designing my world and and, and Lost Lorne is that world. Like I started with a big idea, you know, like a, a, a giant continent surrounded by a storm hmm. that no one can escape. It's a jail. Your your my fantasy world started as a jail and it still is.
1: But I can speak a little bit more about it. I mean it's it's a, it's a fantastically detailed mythology, quite frankly. Like it when he talked about um, the the level of detail and the collaboration effort that's been going on—it is deep. <laughs> like I, I there there's probably a thousand pages of just mythology, gods, things that are just going on. The politics, the countries, the people, the creatures—it's just so much information. When I first got onto the team there was a, a document that people are given when they get on the team and it's just sort of the mythology, mm-hmm. right? It was, I mean, beyond, beyond the pure joy of reading something like that, it's deep. <laughs> There's just a lot there. It's very, very, very good.
0: And that just comes out of the collaborative process that Mark was talking about, right? Like, like I that... think
1: I, and Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that most of the mythology is just Mark. It's not, That part of the collaborative effort um, is very minimal. Most of the collaboration that we're working on together is um, fleshing out stories and details and things of that nature. But I believe, Mark, please, please uh, correct yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, uh, the,
2: the, the, um, the core stuff, like, like, for instance, this is the world based on reincarnation. Mm -hmm. and like anyone who's visited india or any country where they believe in reincarnation if if you once you start digging into the philosophy and the idea of reincarnation you get you get completely obsessed with it Mm. like if you've have you ever met someone who believes like sincerely believes in the reincarnation it kind of blows your mind in a way that talking to other religions doesn't do like 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 we in america tend to think of muslims as being oh that's the alien religion no (laughs) muslims are a sister religion they're our brothers right (laughs) yeah okay they're 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 just like they worship the same god okay but in india it's almost as if the roman empire and every city having their own god never died and people will still worshiping the gods they've worshipped for five thousand years And reincarnation is a completely different idea. Like like India is one of the strange... So anyway, uh, the the idea of the moat, the soul in in Lost Lord and being reborn again and again. But all the souls originally coming from Earth, we call Earth, through the Tempest. Or if you want to be more multiverse, you can make it any place. So you can take your characters from any campaign, any... Any place should come and have them come to Lost Learn. Mm. You know, that's not our official thing, but of course, it's gaming. That's right. So, right. So the whole idea of gaming is you do whatever you want, right? Like yeah. our well, world is one certain way for us. Well, for me, really. But for every person who runs it, of course, it's a unique bespoke experience. So I, I think it's going to be... uh yeah, I think I think we're only a year or two away from being the most massively complex and self-coherent fantasy world ever created. Amazing. Like we're real close. Yeah. And and find that it's going to be a big welcome mat for people.
0: Yeah. Well, so so let's 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 sit on that cl- that for a moment. So um on your website uh uh there com, there's a spot if you want to like join the collaboration right and you can you can can reach out or whatnot what does that look like and what is it like to wrangle on your end to wrangle you know however many creators are or contributors you're looking at
2: i mean uh yeah i mean this is the hard part (laughs) you know like 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 uh i'm not gonna say that gamers are cats but they're worse than <laughs> <But> hurting gamers. <laughs> yeah. is almost as hard as hurting cats, right? Yeah. You know, because gamers we're, have lots of ideas, yeah, and they have their them own them. ideas yeah. and their own ways of doing things, and you know, and hey, so organizing large numbers of people is always very hard. But um, for playtesting, we're trying to do it in a very organized way. Like, well, our last playtest copy we sent out 100 and I think 76 pages of bespoke mm. art and uh writing, and it's it's almost near publication level, right, mm-hmm. so it's not like a you're not like getting like a rough text like you're getting a right. finished product looking yeah, uh yeah. laid out by me by the way, since I couldn't get anyone else to understand <laughs> what I wanted to do, so I was like, screw it, I'll do it myself <laughs> in Google Draw, by the way, oh wow, I did that's all amazing. those pages in Google draw
0: that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is that is a lot of Google
2: draw, um
1: it is
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it turns out not the best medium to lay your book on it, but you know, uh whatever works, man, whatever yeah. works it uh, works I was, it works. like I started out doing like five pages and then it turned into ten, so by the time I was at the thirty pages, it's too late to turn around, right
0: that's right, that's right, yeah yeah, yeah. and and I mean, at that, this point, this is how it felt. And at this point, it's 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 a second record that you can hold, right? You can be the largest world and also the lo- largest document ever put together in Google Draw. So, you know, <laughs> two claims with one product. So, uh, I want to write and tell them
2: what I've done, but
0: yeah. <laughs> so, so talk talk a little bit. So, you have all these creators coming in, and you're you're kind of um, uh, directing, overseeing. You've got a team behind you that's helping with that. Um, but but kind of guiding these creators towards telling, like you said, a cohesive a cohesive narrative, a cre- cohesive world. Um and you've also not just taught telling a cohesive world, but you also are um uh, introducing a uh your take on a new system, which is the T twenty. Um obviously the T twenty has uh, has at its heart a D twenty system, but with its own ideas injected in. What do you think T20 brings to the table for RPGs. What
2: what what it is is that is that first of all, we're not open game licensed. Mm. Because first of all, I reject the idea that you need to sign up to open game license to do a D20 game. I absolutely reject that. <laughs> you cannot copyright fashion, you cannot trademark fashion, you cannot do the same with game rules mm-hmm. So we're doing a, we're doing a D20 game, which is a classic style of of role and, and in war games going back 200 years, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, and and we have absolutely no obligation to to give anyone any credit at all. And mm-hmm. and for, for Dungeons and Dragons, to even still require us to do whatever is bullshit. <laughs> so, so, so we're using whatever rules we want, and we're not gonna, um and we're of course gonna have our own uh system. We haven't figured it out yet. This might be an open game license. It's gonna be like. We're gonna find a way to make our rules clear that we're not gonna sue anyone for anyone who uses our rules, mm-hmm. right? And for a trademark, you can do it as long as you live up to a certain, you wanna use a T20 system? Just just live up to certain things. And of course, for that, we gotta make sure that, you know, no Nazis or right. or, or whatever. But, but beyond that, it's like do what you want, you know? Change it, you know? And, and so, uh, but I think generally, people should just be able to take you know even if they are nazis just take rules and write your own game like you know like that's that's part of the freedom of a democracy is that you know even if someone i hate and despise takes my rules they have the right to do it like you know mm-hmm. you know why should i have authority over every single person who tries to use my ideas well we don't in reality do we like a thousand years from now do any of us have or even a hundred or ten or one Do you truly have ownership of your ideas? No, of course you don't. Yeah. No, of course you don't. Well, not just
0: and 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 for folks listening who haven't checked out T twenty, I want to kind of communicate like that it's not that you're not using the OGL, it's that like I feel like you've you know, sure it's a D twenty based game, but it it's doing a lot of unique things or a lot of interesting things within it, right? Um you've got um one thing that I really like, uh, I like how this the different ways that this has manifested in other rpgs over the years but i like the drama coins and the danger coins and i like your iteration on those um it's a really fun the mix- way they
2: turn into experience points when you yes. use them and you flip them to see if they're experience point or they become a danger point yeah the game manager to use against you so it's all to this one flip of the coin and it yep. can either become an experience point which use the group goes up a rank mm-hmm. or it, the game messages to use it against you so that's it, it, actually a very fraught moment in the game. I'd I, I like do that. love it. Thank yeah,
0: you. Yeah that that was a really cool um I like like I adore those like team resources group resources that that spending them comes at a cost and a lot of times the cost is uh, the 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 game master or the tail spinner gets to uh, potentially have an advantage like like that's just a really interesting dynamic and it gives the game master some tools in their pocket um, sometimes I think other other systems called it like fate points or force points in star Wars or things like that. Like what it does at the table though, is it, it communicates that it's not always going to go the way you want it to go as a group, but that there's a, there's a given, there's a ebb and flow. There's a give and take. And it's, it's something that you can buy into just as much as your own choices. And you can see that, your that consequences are have real payouts and you can see when those payouts are triggered and i really like that not,
1: stuff. not all stories are about winning not all good stories we will say i mean it, it from from a very real point of view i want to say that the Tailspinner spinner system is about a collaboration with the people at the table and telling a story you know it's it's very interesting it's a very interesting idea. I, I would call it a wrong idea, but it's a very interesting idea that you know the players always have to win. Yeah, you know it's not about it's it's about telling a story. You know, Boromir and losing
2: is part of some really great stories, yes, right? Boromir died. Romeo and Juliet, one of the greatest stories right? ever told. It was like, does anyone win in that story? I would argue, not exactly. a single person. That story yeah. wins, right? Yeah,
1: you know it, it's. it's it's often it's often the case that um making the choice to participate in the story in a way that puts yourself at risk and maybe you die maybe your character loses does something wrong but the opportunities that that allows for a better story a better game moment right yeah. that's yeah. what this system really 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 does well mm.
2: Mm. Well, and the was, whole point of using the D20, by the way, which I forgot to answer your question, is that everyone knows the D20, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like, like with the famous bank robber, I forgot his name right now, uh, they ask him, Why do you rob banks? He goes, That's what the money is. <laughs> and, 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 and so people ask me, Why do you use the D20? Well, that's what everyone knows. And so I can make a story color system out of anything. When I was younger, I used to always want to. Um, have my own bespoke game dice system, mm-hmm. right? That's why for Vampire the Masquerade, I have the d 10s I love D10s. And they're so <laughs> beautiful. They look like little diamonds, right? Yeah. I love D10s. I still love D10s. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, but, but realize for this one, I can do storyteller, narrativist type game system with any dice. Yep. So why not use the dice that 99.5% of every tabletop game in the world has at least a passing familiarity with yeah, and, and use rules and concepts that have been practiced. Like, for instance, we have a bane and boon. You roll two dice and pick the highest, or you pick the lowest, right? These are all concepts. You have a damage rule, you have a, you know, a, this yeah. is a, something everyone understands. And so you basically get past all the the crap and, and, and you don't have to, people do have to learn a whole new system but they discover a new system within it. Like, for instance, the Crux dice, which is talking about ebb and flow of the conflict and ebb and flow of the story. Crux dice, your foes have a D6, you have a giant D6, and whoever gets the seven first, you have this huge advantage in the scene. And dividing stuff up by scenes, like all these things build on each other, uh, along with the, the, you know, the danger, the drama coins and the danger coins. So it creates this very unique uh, um, situation, hmm. which, so, which is basically a storytelling game.
0: Yeah, well, and I was I was about to bring up, so it's perfect. You jumped right into it. The crux dice is cool. This idea of, you know, you're 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 ticking up during each scene on a d6 to counting up to basically determine which side's gonna take that full advantage and and get some really powerful boons um or technically i guess it's the 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 other side gets a bane but um once that once that threshold is reached like that's that's really interesting it's a way to like move the scenes along in a way and um i think that's cool i also like you have different results for rolling natural things like you have the natural 20 and the natural 1 but you also have the natural 7 and the natural 13
2: I mean don't they seem like numbers that should be special yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: well, and it's cool, right? Like, it's definitely different. And the everybody gets excited at the table for one reason or another when you roll a 1 or you roll a 20, right? Those are big moments. And so I love the idea of saying, like, why does it only have to happen on a 1 or a 20? Aren't there other cool things that we can trigger on other numbers? And um, I think that's really interesting. So you have flukes and you have botches is what it, it, it looks yeah, like. Yeah,
2: yeah. But they don't happen all the time. They only happen when you have – crux advantage or the crux disadvantage yeah yeah so if, you, if you're not if you're not having the morale victory right now it it doesn't apply so it's not all people shouldn't think it's all the time but but definitely if you have the advantage or the disadvantage like you know then oops too bad for you yeah
0: so um so i, I, I love the t20 i think it's doing some really cool things um there's more stuff to than what we just talked about now um but at the heart of this game um is going back to what we talked about before but it is this world that you're building and thing night is the next step in that world or at least one of the coming steps and what i'm curious about is uh, there's obviously going to be folks who are listening to this who are very familiar with mark, mark as a as a designer of vampire but you've already touched on the idea that this is this is a different take this is vampires in a fantasy setting what do player characters look like in this setting, and how what might they vary from products that you've put together in the past, or things like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Five uh, E actually has some cool things. For instance, you not only have your your uh, I forgot what they're calling it now, but I'll go by the Five E version, the race, and then you have your sub race. You know, yeah. you have your class, and you have your subclasses. And I thought. Okay, I have no shame. That's that's a great idea. So we're doing the same thing, and and so for vampire, you have your bloodline, mm-hmm. which is your most important thing, and those all have sub uh, lineages. Which so they and so you know which each each then of the seven major bloodlines is divided up into several branches, which each have their own fighting and 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 of course. You know, for live action, right? Of course, mm-hmm. I have a whole live action system, mm-hmm. which uses uh, tarot cards, which uh, I think is going to re- revolutionize uh, LARP for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but what we're working on now is the tabletop, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But then, but beyond your blood bloodline, you also have your calling, which is kind of like your guild or your class, which is basically your function within the Firehold. And and to explain that. Uh, it's explained that that vampires can not only live in the city but they can live above hell holes mm-hmm. which are basically um basically tunnels that go into the abysma connected to the abysma which is a vast series of dungeons and caverns and everything that eventually ends up into the abysma the the I mean the inferno which is literally hell so just as the medieval people used to believe like they didn't—they didn't understand the multiverse. That's a modern concept. Mm-hmm. When they thought of heaven and hell, heaven was up, and hell was literally down. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're we're positing a world in which hell is literally, literally underneath you, right? And so mm-hmm. and, and it comes
1: and it comes complete room. with an actual hell, you know, the devil.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, and this whole world, by the way, the reason it's a prison is that Elon, the son along with Nama, the Grandmother Oak, created this world as a prison for Skarl, the devil. Mm. So this entire world was created as a hell, and humans kind of just arrived here, humanoids, or whatever you want to call it, as kind of an accident. Mm. So they're trapped as well, but really, other people being trapped here, besides the Seven Vile Moons, which is the court of Skarl, and Skarl... Like that's, they're the ones meant to be trapped. Everyone else is just an accident.
0: I think that is one of the really cool things that, that made me, as I was reading through the playtest document, really fall in love with the setting was that it's not, it's not just a fantasy setting. Not that you can't have just a fantasy setting and that can't be cool, but like, it's not just fantasy. You got still the, the touch points of vampirism. And, and being a vampire, but then you also have, I I, I love the concept of hell hole and fire holds and tying them into, uh, uh, hell down below. Like that, that sort of like vampires always, the the idea of vampires has always been rife with like Christian ideas or Christianity ideas being jamming in throughout the, throughout the decades and so this feels like a natural fit, but it also feels like it's, it's unique in,
2: in its own way. Uh, and it also, also gives the vampires a place in the world, right? Yes, yes. So there is no masquerade in this game. Like mm. Everyone knows vampires exist, but their job is to guard hell from erupting into earth. So they have an inside-out castle that has bigger walls on the inside <laughs> to stop the hellhole from exploding out and becoming a problem. And so they're allowed to exist because they've made a deal with the royal families that, in exchange for us guarding these portals to hell, you know. But of course, some people question. Wait a minute, are they guarding those portals, or are they betraying us? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are they really guarding it? What's what's going on here? And so there's a whole. Of course, you know any anyone who knows my games knows that. Um, layers of conspiracy and intrigue and and, uh of of what you know and what's true and what's not you know that that's that's storytelling right Mm -hmm. that's 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 the interest of storytelling that you always want to have these things that a, a good game master can answer those a good tail spinner can answer those but but there's always things out there that players are desperate to know and you don't tell them right away that's amazing. I, I
0: yeah, um, that's 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 exactly as it should be. Uh, uh, there there's so much in this document. Like you said, it's like 170 pages, so it's a ton. And
2: it's for free for anyone who goes to lostlord.com and yes, signs it, up.
0: That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, and
1: more the merrier.
0: More the merrier. Um, we need your input. It is it is a really cool document with a, a mountain of great ideas in it. Cool ideas. Um, Paul, I want to throw it back to you for just a moment. Um, what's something that we haven't talked about yet that you would like to like bring to the forefront of this discussion?
1: I I feel like, um, on, on the point of the collaborative effort, there are so many people that have contributed so much to the project. Um, immediately on looking through the PDF, you are going to be, uh, ingratiated upon by Derek Stevens artwork. Derek is just a great guy and he has brought a vision, quite frankly, to the world itself that is Mm. wow, it's delicious. It's just (laughs) it is just dripping with stuff. I I hope uh we can get as many people as we can to um play test this. It's going to be great for them to experience what we have for them. Mm-hmm. There's you know there's Derek and a lot of other artists that are working on the project. There's a lot of people collaborating with Mark on um so many different aspects of the world in general. Uh the collaboration is very real and a lot of people are going to be in, or are. If any
2: experts on uh, marketing or a Kickstarter uh, who are free right now, uh, that's definitely what we need. So, uh, you know, we have a very quick onboarding process. And, um, yeah, we're looking for that. But uh, mainly if you have, you know, playtesters are, you know, getting people's honest reaction to the, a game. is so you know we used to call blind playtesting but now called masked Mm playtesting it is so very important because you 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 need to have people who you you don't for all my playtesting so far has been me telling the game in in my using my personality to get to understand it right but having people read it and then try to play it on their own is what there's nothing like it so uh, you,
0: you just brought it up. So we've talked about this being a play test document um, and, and that kind of being where it is in the works now. Um, and I don't want to pin you down to it or try to pin you down to a timeline or anything like that. But where do you see or what are the next phases for Fang Knight and Lost Lauren in general? What, you, what, what can we expect in the coming months or year or whatever, however your timeline might look?
2: Uh, we plan on doing uh, um, a series of small, like, just PDF-only Kickstarters so we can sort of build our audience. And so there'll be, like, $3 Kickstarters, mm-hmm. you know, just get a basic, very short PDF. Mm-hmm. And then and first with them will be books. So first will be, like, the big um, uh, Fang Night book, which will be all about how to play Fangs, you know? Like, you get to play the vampire. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to do a Badlander, which is more of a classic um you know badlanders are like swashbuckling heroes who work for the crown so that's gonna be next and then for that we have wereborn or maybe bane knight i'm not sure which the comp but anyway you play werewolves shocker mark (laughs) mark creates a werewolf game who who knew uh and then we're doing a ghost game uh we're doing a uh a, a ringing rock sort of mage type game of these uh but they're very rare beings, they're, they're, they've been reincarnated so many times. They finally got reincarnated in Ring Rocks, which is a enclave, shut to the roots of Grandmother Oak, on top of the steps. Mm-hmm. So it's a very unusual place to get reborn. And when you're reborn there, you can actually begin your hike up Grandmother Oak to eventually mm-hmm. become a Nova, a god. So we literally have a god quest in this game, where you could become... If you play all these games in a row, in the final seventh game with your character, if you're reincarnated as a Ringing Rocks, you, you can become a god.
1: That's awesome.
2: So, so the whole idea is to let people sort of play a, a master campaign. I would probably, I, I don't think anyone would do it, but, but, but maybe some would, that'd be so cool. I hope I get to do it. or at least have my players do it, but, yeah. but basically after like five, six years of gaming every week, you could eventually <laughs> play through all the games, and eventually have your characters actually become literal gods in this world.
1: That's someone amazing. out there is accepting your challenge. That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, so I'm going to drop all the show, all, all the links into the show notes. That'll give people access to go to your, uh, uh, webpage where they can sign up to get the play test document where if they, they feel like they have the, the, the gumption, the time and the chops to, to collaborate, uh, to contribute. Like there's, I, I know there's stuff links there. Um, Thank you, both of you, for, for taking time out thank of your you so day. Yeah. Thank, you thank you so much. And
2: thank you, Paul, much. for yes. setting us up, team member Alpha today.
0: <laughs> well, I am, I am completely enthused and excited and appreciate you, Paul, yes, uh, for, for making this connection. And let's not make it uh, a one-time deal. Let's reconnect again uh, down the road and find Absolutely. other ways of hyping, hyping thing night and Lost one. Absolutely, thank you for having us. Thank you guys.